Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, Military Cash Flow family? Today, we are going to be sharing with you our worst deals and some of the lessons learned, some of the lessons learned um, while executing those deals. Mike, you want to kick it off? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna kick it off with what this is going to be the worst deal in history of life, guys. All right, so um, when I was starting out, I got a couple deals knocked out, and then what uh, we Five Pillars was kicking off. And what we wanted to do at Five Pillars was kind of create a turnkey model, meaning a client can come to us, they can buy a property, get it rehabbed for them, and then get a tenant in them, and they can sit back in California and do nothing. But we didn't want to own the management company, the contracting company, so forth and so on. We just wanted to do the transaction and create the model. So I said, you know what? I'm going to buy a turnkey property from a reputable turnkey company. Uh, and that way I can see how the process works and then we can just rip off and duplicate. So we went ahead and did it, or I did it. And the first property turned out well. I bought it for 77000 something like that. It was written out for like seven ninety. I had to put the 20% down, whatever. Got it, uh, got it rolling. Everything worked out well. And then they brought me another property. It was a duplex. Now, and I went and I bought that duplex for like uh, ninety or 95000 But here's the thing. Um, when they deliver these properties they're not renovated yet so they say here's the before we're going to do these renovations after these renovations we're going to rent it out long story short come to find out that they never did the renovations they never did the renovations these so-called tenants that were going in i don't know who they were i don't even know if they were real people but payments were coming and then payments stopped when the eviction moratorium hit, that's when everything, that's when everything hit the fan. So when the eviction moratorium went, they kept telling me, hey, we can't collect rents because blah, 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 state laws. Um, fast forward, they're like, uh, somebody's $5,000 back on payments. And I've been paying the, the mortgage consistently, but the but the, nobody's been paying the rent. All right, so that's that, right? Then um, I find out that... Uh, Man, there's so much, guys. So then I find out I had the city call me because these property managers were the direct point of contact for all utilities and all um, appearance and code, you know, like if there's a lawn code or whatever, the property management company was first point of contact. The city called me and said, hey, look, you're back on your water bill. You owe some money. I'm like, well, how? I thought it was vacant. You know, somebody's not paying rent. And why didn't my property management call me? They said, I don't know, but your water bill is $4,000. Bro. What? <laughs> bro, stabbed to the heart. I've lost like 18 months of rent. I've been paying this crappy mortgage. So we go, we talk about, I'm, now I'm just like, I'm pissed, right? So I'm trying to get rid of these things. I say, hey, look, can y'all buy back the properties from me? Y'all gypped me already. Can you just buy them back? They looked at it and I was like, look, just give me, I think at the time I was asking for like 130,000 or something like that. Um, or 140, I don't, I don't remember, but they were like, uh, well, we'll give you 30,000 for this one that you paid 70,000 on. And I was like, cool. Well, just give me 60,000 on the one I pay 94. It was like, uh, we'll give you 45. I'm like, uh, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll take it. I just want to get rid of it. 
They put me on a contract for 30 days. On the day of closing, the attorney still hasn't gotten the paperwork. They haven't contacted me. They called me the day after closing and say, hey, man, we can close it, but we need to offer you now 30. I'm like, bro, y'all now trying to strong arm me. So I push them to the side. I go find somebody that wants to buy them. But now we got to do property inspections. I get the property inspections back. There is the, the duplex, not renovated at all. It looks like a complete abandoned property. Mold, rats, roaches. Nobody's lived there for years. And then on the bottom duplex, uh, on the bottom unit, there is a note from the property manager that was dated. <laughs> God, I don't even want to tell you what date it was, but it was really, really recent. After all this blew up, after all this blew up, I said, hey, forget y'all. I don't even want your, your money. After that date, they put a notice that said, hey, tenant, you're $5,000 behind. This is your five-day notice. Yeah. Wait a minute, you got oh, so what were these properties in Fayetteville or were these somewhere else? No, nope. like they're completely out of state. They that's were, why in, I, I, um, I was about to say, yeah. It was like, why? yeah, okay, go ahead, yeah, completely out of state. Yeah, if they were, that's that's a lesson learned. I'm I'm okay with long distance real estate investing, I really am, but uh, they played me, and so now I learned some lessons from that. But it was all the way in Illinois, it's in Illinois, and like I said, they were doing good at first. Then they stopped, and that's when I was able to pull back the curtain on their ass. You think so long like, story. You think they yeah, were like buying, buying uh, or robbing Peter to pay Paul? Basically, like they would sell, like you, like they sold you that. Or you, you bought the single family, right? And they got probably a cash lump sum from that. But you said yeah. at one point the duplex was paying you money, right? So, yeah, it was. So I'm assuming they maybe took some of that money and started paying you down. Yep. To, and oh, faked oh. a tenant in there and every, something had to happen because wow. there was no way that that was inhabitable. You know what I mean? Wow. So now I'm trying to negotiate to sell it. <clears throat> Bottom line is, though, the utilities, after I was starting to do this inspection outside of the property management company, I found out that I owed over $12,000 or almost $12,000 just in utilities, electric and water on both the properties. This is insane, bro. Okay. So I'm going to be at a loss of close to $100,000 or more if I can get these damn things offloaded. So that by far, by far well, the worst deal ever. Do you end up having to go through lawsuit or anything like that? Man, I tried. But here's the thing. All the attorneys in the area know that company. They know them. They know that they're shitty. But for some reason, they have some sort of corporate veil protection around them that the attorneys were like, look, man, there's a statute of limitations thing. This has been brought up to uh, for them several times. We're kind of out of our scope. Our hands are tied. We can't really help you. Is the, is, like, the owner, is the owner someone famous that, that like that I would know? The reason why I asked that, because this sounds very, very familiar, like um, a person that moved to like, did you just move like not too long? Yeah. You're thinking of, it's not him. You're thinking okay. of Morris Invest, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, that's that's what yeah. I was, because I know that he operates in Illinois as well, So or he did. Yeah. So Unless he bought the company. It's not Morris Invest, though, but it's somebody who operates just like his ass. Jeez, and uh, they're shady as shit. And if y'all want to know their name, I've already left several bad Google reviews, better business, better reviews, uh, Yelp reviews. So you guys can go see it. Be sure to read reviews. But if you guys want to know, just hit me up in the comments. I got no issues fucking telling you, man. They are, they they played the hell out of me and then they play me every time. And on top of this all, guys, I've reached out several times and I've asked them via email and phone calls. Hey, can we get something started? They never pick up my phone calls. And they never respond to my emails, not the property management. They never fucking respond. I got all the email traffic to prove it. But the acquisitions team will reach out offering 
twenty thousand a property or whatever. But that's it. So yeah, I got no issues sharing it. Yeah, that's absolutely horrible, man. My mine doesn't even mine pales in comparison to that. I thought like, that, that's, that's like you want me to start, man. Yeah, I'm, coming yeah. the, I'm coming for the jugular, bro. You got you got yeah. that's that's crazy, dude. That's absolutely wild. But I mean, that's for so how how deep were you? You said this is just when you started the five pillars. So that was what, like, you know, four or five years ago, something like that. Yeah. How, how many deals had you done prior to that time? At that point in time, I had done 10, maybe 15 deals, something so like were, that. So you were already somewhat experienced. So the, the reason why I bring that up is because um, we it doesn't matter how experienced you are. People, there, there are people out there that are like looking to kind of screw you over, right? And you have to do your due diligence for the listeners, right? You have to do your due diligence regardless of how many deals you've done um, and, and go above and beyond because there's people out there that are, you know, just trying to do you wrong. I mean, I fell into the same situation on my like fourth deal. Not not anything that bad, but like just shady contractors, right? And and mm-hmm. I had to make a video about it. And this is after already dealing with contractors and and and, and all that. Um, I still got, you know, screwed over. So it happened. It's going to happen. It's a risk that will, that will eventually happen. The more and more deals that you do, you're going to come across somebody shady. You're probably going to take a loss at some point, but, um, but yeah, man, those are just lessons learned, man. Big time. Yep. Yep. That's what it is. So what, what's yours, man? What's your, what's your worst story? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so- it's not even really a story. I mean, I've had sh- shady uh, contractors and things. I was just looking at it per- from the perspective of actual, um, actual money. It's not, not like just bad, you know, no one did anything horrible. It's just my calculations weren't really right uh, for mm. what I thought. And, and it helps shift my mindset. So the deal I'm not going to talk about is my primary investment. It was, it was my primary home, excuse me. Uh, my very first primary home that I bought, I bought it with the intent to rent it out uh, later. Um, if you guys listen to one of the older episodes, I kind of talked about my plan. And when I originally came in, I had planned to buy, uh, just buy a primary home every single time I PCS. And if I did that, then I would have somewhere between five and 10 single family homes. Well, after this, um, after, you know, PCSing the first time for my primary home, it, I realized that, you know, that's not going to work for me because I, um, I think we bought the home for like, I don't know, like 130,000. This is back in 2013, like 130,000. It was like, uh, in, uh, in a nice part of Fort Stewart. It's like Richmond Hill, Georgia, for those of you who, of you who have, uh, been around, uh, Fort Stewart, <clears throat> but bought it for like 130 K. It's a nice little home, nice little starter home, three, two, I think 1500 square feet or something like that. And, um, I thought that it was going to rent for, um, rent for a lot more that uh, for the time period that we held it so at the time we bought it for 130 i think it was only written for um i lived in it of course but i knew at that given time it was only written for like 900 or a thousand dollars a month right so i but i assumed all right if i live in this thing for five years rent's going to increase and it's probably going to get to i don't know 14 1500 uh that didn't happen five years later when it came to it right and then also uh there was a lot of uh breakdowns um, coming, coming at the tail end of that, uh, five-year span. So one year, like five, um, I was told I need to replace my AC and like all these capital expenditures. Right. So, um, I could have held it as a rental, but I, I would have lost money basically. And I would have had to fix all these big capital expenditure items. Right. So, um, 
the reason why I say it's my bet, my worst deal is because um, had I kept it as a rental or even when I sold it, I didn't really make any money either way. Right. I, I kind of pretty much broke even. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, in a nutshell, that's really it. Mine's very, very less complicated. It's very, very, you know, low threat. It's just, it's literally just, Hey, it wasn't a great deal because uh, it was a primary residence. It was a used asset. I, I bought a primary residence thinking I was going to turn it into an actual investment. And, uh, and that can work. That can definitely work. And Mike's Absolutely, done it. Yeah. Mike's done it. Um, and hundreds of other people have done it, but for me, um, and for what I wanted, it did not, it did not really mesh well or fit my investment strategy, uh, like I originally thought it would. So, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah. So what's the, what, but what, what's like your one lesson learned or like moving forward, if you were to ever buy a primary with the intent to invest it, like what's the one thing that you would look for differently than what you did before? Yeah. So if I had to do, well, I basically did do this over again. Right. I, I just, when I buy primary residences, uh, I'm going to, I'm not really going to, uh, count on them as a true investment or, or something that's really going to make me a lot of money. I guess that's really the only difference. Like I just bought a primary residence again, um, here in North Carolina and I don't, don't, I mean, if it rents out, we'll see what the market looks like, you know, by the time we move, you know, three, four five years from now. Um, but I'm just not, <clears throat> I'm just not counting on this to appreciate. I'm not counting on this to, uh, to, you know, be able to collect a significant amount of rent or anything like that. It's just, it's just going to be there and likely I, you know, may or may not sell it. It depends. Um, but I'm just not counting on it before I was counting on it. Like I was like, yeah, this will be an investment. This will, you know, I'll make $400 a month. That, this was my thought. I will make 400,000 or $400 a month, at least, uh, cash flow on this. And um, I just don't have those same uh, those same assumptions with a primary residence anymore. Um, so that, that's that's really it. Mine's like I said, it's, yeah. it, but it's smart though because a lot of times people, yeah, you're right. You're living, you're getting a different benefit it's when you're living in it as a primary. Exactly, exactly. So when you do get cash flow on the end, it's just like man, it's like icing on the cake. When I when I moved out of my um, my first house ever, I was living in it, house hacking it. When I moved out. My my entire intent before I really got into investing was, yo, look, as long as I can break even on the mortgage, I think I lived in it for, I think for like three years, maybe maybe less, maybe two years. I don't, it doesn't matter. My thought was like, hey, look, if I can just cover the mortgage for two years or the same amount of time that I lived in it, well, then I'd make my money back and I could sell it. That, that was my mind. It's not exactly right, but um, that should be the mindset. Absolutely. When you're approaching it, man. Yeah, no, but that, I mean, that's uh, a good point that you bring up right there. Cause um, I didn't think uh, at that time, I wasn't thinking about vacancy. I wasn't thinking about like turnover and right. what that would cost and things. But now I factor that in, like we bought, the, bought this place. Um, if I keep it, I want to make sure that I can still, you know, basically manage the mortgage by the, you know, and if it gets rented out, then that's great. But um, if I end up keeping it, I want to make sure that you know, I have the reserves to pay for six months of six months of the mortgage payment and all these other things. Right. Um, I think the good thing about primary residence, especially with uh, military uh, folks, is if you buy it right, um, if you hold it for like 10 years, you're going to win in the long run. It's, you got to give it time. Right. Wow. And that just wasn't my mindset with that first single family home. Like I was thinking, all right, in five years, I'll be able to cash flow, you know, 
$400 out the gate. That just wasn't the case. Right. Um, but if you hold it for 10, 15 years, like I'll tell you now, if I would have kept that same house, it's renting right now for like $1,700 a month, $1,700, $1,800 a month. And my mortgage was only like eight or $900. So yeah, I would have been cash flowing. Um, but a lot of that has to do with the market right now. And, um, and that specific, uh, that specific niche market, but, um, but yeah, if you're going to do it, if you're going to have a primary residence and you're going to try that plan, like, Hey, every single time I PCS, I'm going to hold the house, make sure you, you know, know what it rents for right now. Uh, I would be very, um, very conservative on how much you think it's going to really bring in. Right. And make sure you have the reserves and, uh, to hold it for a long term. And then two, and then three, just make sure you hold it for a long period. If you really want to, to, uh, if you really want to see some, some true appreciation value, or you want to uh, see some true cash flow, it's going to take time for the rent to slowly increase in whatever, whatever market you're in. So. Absolutely. Yeah, man. <clears throat> but uh, that's, uh, that's the worst deal for me. Uh, Mike, man, you, I'm definitely giving you a trophy right there, man. That, that's, that, that, that it's, part, <laughs> it's part of life, man. I mean, I'm, I'm upset with them for playing me and, um, you know, lying to me and all that other stuff, but I can't, I really, I'm upset with myself for not doing more. And I, at the time I thought I did all the due diligence, you know what I mean? I talked to people, got references. I had somebody so-called walk it for me. It is what it is. It's lessons learned. So, you know, moving what the, forward. What, yeah. So wait a minute. You said you had references and you had someone walk it for you. Like, were they just shady yeah. as well? Or like, how did that yeah, work? So the, so the references were given to me by the property management company. And the person who so-called walk it was somebody at the property management company coordinated. You see what I'm saying? And so it's like, hand, and they worked hand in hand. The people that you bought it from recommended the property manager and the exactly. property manager. So exactly. They, well, they the person it. I bought it from is the property management company. Okay. It's like that's a true, like a true turnkey company does the purchases, the renovations, the property management all in house. So they got a acquisitions, a renovations, and a management team. And yeah, man, it was just a spider web of deceit. <laughs> Not <Nah, laughs> nah, but but it's all good, man. I mean, moving forward, um, I know not to I know to go outside the sources, I know to go to forums, I know to go to shit bigger pockets, I know to just ask people, um, you know, what's the real deal? And I know what kind of questions now really to kind of pierce it. Was like, that your you first know. out of state property? And that was, that was. And that was the first out of state company I played with. But good news. I went to a different out-of-state guy that I was connected through through a mutual friend, no affiliation, always a good thing, saw his whole thing, and he was just starting. And um, his whole thing was like, look, man, I know this area. I know student housing, like the back of my hand. I've just started a property management company, but right now I'm just managing mine and a handful of others. I said, well, look, man, uh, my buddy, he showed me the checks. He's getting paid. So Show me what you got. He was like, yeah, you could buy this one for 30000 put 30000 in it. We could rent it out for X amount. Uh, I think it was like 1500 I said, well, so I could put in today. I could put up 60000 I get 1500 a month. He was like, yes. I was like, let's try it. So boom, we tried it. No lie. You know, the renovation took maybe two months. And then he was like, oh, it takes maybe another month or so to book because it was student housing. That was the secret. Um, and he rented, he leased out every room. And then, boom, that check came in. I said, damn, man, you got another one? He was like, yeah, here goes one right here. 30000 40000 It ran out for $1,800. Hell yeah. And I was like, what else you got? He was like, I, have, I got a five unit over here. Technically, it's a 10 bedroom. Uh, it can rent out for this much. So I got another 15 units um, 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, another 10 units. I got another 10 doors, several other bedrooms, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um <clears throat> that I'm I'm cash on those three, I cash flow $7,500 a month. <laughs> cash flow. You see what I'm saying? And guess what? It's still in Illinois, right? Which is crazy. Yeah. But a whole different, whole different city whole different company so out of state is a, a very it can be a good thing it's a viable uh option for sure you just got to do your due diligence man yeah big time man that's a that's an awesome story so for you guys out there those are some of our lessons learned some of our uh worst deals and you know uh hopefully you guys can um get something out of that and uh, take some lessons learned yourself and apply those to your deals as well um, with that said, this is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby signing off.